Now, some people like ads, some people don't, and that's okay. But we like to keep everyone happy. So if you're one of the people who doesn't like to listen to ads, choose the Dave McWilliams Plus option on Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to this podcast just the way you like it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? It's podcast time. John and I are giggling about... Camper vans, actually, John. We're giggling about... Have you ever had a camper van, John? No, I, and I love the idea of it. I, 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 I can lo- see you going to a festival. <laughs> No, I I would just drive. The problem is we live in... Camberwell carrot in the back of the camper van. (laughs) Exactly. Burning man. It'll never be the same again. But the thing about camper vans is we live in an island. So travelling around Ireland would be great. But you want to get on to the... You want to get on to the... Don't say the mainland. (laughs) It'll upset our... The continent. You want to get on to the continent. Our West Belfast (laughs) delegation. But I'd love that. I would have to... But the thing is, my cousin had a... A camper van and you know it's it's like anything you you buy a camper van you're all enthusiastic you have buy all the bits and the bells and whistles and you go off for a big trip and you come back and then it sits there for another for, for, year well actually shan's parents you're absolutely right shan's parents had a camper van they used to call it the wally van because only wallies <laughs> their kids were really 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 embarrassed by the parents and they they drive everywhere. The Nordies, yeah. like driving, and they drive everywhere, you know, in the camper van, and they go all over France and everything in the camper van. But this is when it wasn't cool in the eighties and nineties. All oh, right, okay. But now, I mean, the camper vans. The reason I'm talking about camper vans, John, is the following. Right, there's one outside. <laughs> there is, but a Vespa outside. Okay, a Vespa is looking particularly fine, although the weather is a little bit inclement. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the Vespa is going to be packed away for another because winter. there's always because at Kilconomics. Right, towards the end, there's always problems with get finding rooms to stay in, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a burning man fusion with Kilkenomics, okay? There <laughs> is stuck in the mud early. Yeah, no, 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 no. What we're gonna have is we're gonna have a convoy of camper vans going down to Kilkenomics, right? Really? But what there is, right, is there's a camper van park in the center of Kilkenny called the City Lime Works venue. It's on Facebook. Right. It only costs a tenner a night. Yeah. And if you go on indiecamper.ie, which is the Airbnb for camper vans, right? <laughs> right. You, can, that now. you can rent, exactly, you can rent camper vans for two or three days. Now, over that weekend, camper vans are really, really cheap because it's off season, the 2nd to the 5th 
of November. It's off season. Yeah. Nobody's going around in camper vans. So you can rent these camper vans precisely. See your cousin with the camper van sitting yeah. outside, right? Your cousin's camper van sitting outside is a potential source of income if he goes on one of these camper van Airbnb sites. And let's say, say four of your mates yeah. want to come to Kilconomics, but the hotels are a bit pricey and you can't get one. Rent a camper van. And Perfect. then the camper van park is in the City Lime Works venue on Facebook. It's a tenner a night. It's right in the center of Kilkenny. And it's you're there perfect. for Scott Free. And you can have it like a pilgrimage. Fantastic. So it's a crossing, it's a crossing of do you remember the, the FT called and they got really into loads of trouble for it? They called Kilkenomics Davos without the hookers. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's a great quote, though, isn't it? <laughs> so you can go to Davos without the hookers in a camper van, which is sort of... Is Pascal going to be staying in the camper van? Pascal is on on Thursday night. Yeah, he's he on is. on Thursday night, and there will be lots and lots of good... He's been... He's on stage with the brilliant, brilliant comedian, Colm O'Regan, mm. on Thursday night. I'm really looking forward to that. And... Uh, yeah, that will be great. Yeah, yeah, an actual fact, this week's podcast, John, is on the economics of the coalition as represented in the budget. Yes. Right? So we're going to yes. talk about that. But just so you know, I think campervan pilgrim, I think kind of a campervan, I've always had this image of people listening to the Grateful Dead going across America, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like cooking up meth, like your man in Breaking Bad, <laughs> his campervan. Cooking up meth and going to economics. I'm going to Dallas without the hookers. <laughs> So Fantastic. if you if you want to come to Kilconomics, you're thinking, oh, the hotel's a little bit pricey. <laughs> Here is your solution. We've done a deal with the campervan compound yeah. in Kilkenny, City Limeworks venue on Facebook. It's a tenner a night. Campervans can be rented for about a hundred quid for the weekend. 150 quid. That's that's a Four bargain. Of you. Yeah, if you go to the Airbnb site, which yeah. is giving your cousin yeah. an income, right? Campervan, I think it's called campervan.ie or wild camper google it yeah uh, and away there's a solution there's Fantastic. a solution and of course kilconomics coming up in three weeks time okay well campervans aside campervans aside let's talk about the budget because I, I was looking at that and usually the budget i kind of switch off a little bit and stuff but this budget was supposed to be the housing budget yes and it all turned out to be as far as i can see a bit of a damp squib and trying to be all things to all men, which never works. Which never, never works. works. John, I mean, you're absolutely right. So what we're going to do is rather than take the totality of the budget, mm. let's look at some specifics. Yeah, 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 yeah. The budget should do two things, right? Firstly, if you're running a big deficit, which we used to be in the past, right? It should be a, an effort to try and bridge that gap. Say, so, hold yeah. on a sec, number one. And just make fags more expensive. Make fags more expensive, yeah. <laughs> you don't even smoke anymore. <laughs> you're useless to the state. <laughs> exactly. Right, but but the second thing the budget should probably reveal is the extent of clear economic thinking in the government. I want to say the government, the politicians frame the budget, but civil servants make the budget. So the mm. Department of Finance writes this thing, and then they have a row with the politicians as to what can be said and what cannot be said. So what the budget should do, it should reveal a vision for the state. Yep, at best. At worst, it should reveal at least some clarity of thought. If you don't have the big vision, you have the clarity of thought and the little stuff, right? Yeah. So I would think... It's a big plan, it's supposed to be. It's a big plan. So to interrogate the budget, probably the best way to interrogate a budget, if you're thinking, okay, how do we 
assess whether there's actually any hard thinking going on in the Department of Finance or in all the various different departments that go into putting the budget. Mm. Let's look at maybe one area rather than the whole thing. That's one area and interrogate that area. And you said it was a housing budget. So let's interrogate yeah. a housing side because listening to the show, I know, you know, that the conversations that we are having with our friends are about housing. Yeah. The conversations that almost everyone in Ireland is having with their friends are about housing. The The other day I talked to Michael Lewis and had a drink with him afterwards. And he was saying, you know, what's the biggest deal here, you know? And I said, housing. Yeah. This is the big deal. Yeah. And he said, well, you've just had a budget, obviously, so they'll be addressing that. Because he was just reading in the Irish... Yeah. He was reading the Irish Times. It was on the table that we were having a cup of coffee. And I said, well, let's, let's look at what's in the yeah. thing. So let's look. So what we know is that the biggest issue is housing and housing affordability. Now, how do you make housing affordable? You try to bring down the price. How do you bring down the price? The ultimate objective has to be to create the situation where we can build as many houses as possible. That's yep. the so that's that's what we know. Now let's look just just look at the numbers before we start, right? Yeah, okay. So the housing for all plan, which is the government's plan, is based on building about 33 to 34,000 houses on average per year until 2030. That's mm. the plan. Now these targets are based on research from the ESRI, the Economic and Social Research Institute, which projects that migration in the next 10 years from 2019 to 2029, 2030, right? Yeah. So those, that period, right? They've estimated, and this, the plan is based on a projection of immigration of 220,000 people in Ireland. That's about 22,000 people per year. That's the plan. We know that already by April of 2023, so between 2019 and April 2023, we have had 240,000 net migrants into the country right? So we're already past the amount of migrants in three years than we've planned for in the next 10 years, mm. right? So it means that we've got to build more houses, yeah. not 34,000, maybe much more. Well, that more. is because of the, the Ukrainian war. Well, again, maybe if there's 100,000 Ukrainians here. Even if you take those out, that means 150,000 immigrants have come here, ex the Ukrainians, okay. in the last three years. That's 50,000 immigrants a year, not 20,000. Yeah. The plan. So the plan is based on wishful thinking. We're imagining a world that isn't here. So what do we do? We probably need to build about 48 to 50,000 houses a year based on these new numbers. Yeah. So that's the extent of the problem. It's enormous. Isn't enormous, it? right? So therefore, all the government resources need to be driven at making houses more affordable. And there's two ways of doing that. One is you work on the supply side, but the other thing is you do whatever's in your power to make sure that houses are affordable so therefore that house prices don't rise. Yeah. So now let's look against that background at the initiatives. We're going to look at five initiatives that the government unveiled for housing in the budget a couple of days ago and see how they square with the objective of building more housing and getting the house prices down for the average citizen and then conclude whether or not we are talking hard thinkers or bullshitters okay. who are ruling this. Okay. okay. So what's the first initiative then? Let's start so, off. Let's just look at the background noise, right? Which is we have had 10 interest rate increases in the last 24 months, right? Yeah. This should 
gradually bring the price of houses down. Why? Because interest rate increases means the amount of money you can borrow reduces in order to buy houses. If the amount of money you can borrow reduces, the wall of money coming into the housing market reduces. And the only way that's materialised in house prices, house prices should fall. So a government that wants house prices to fall as its major objective should not ever interfere with interest rates rising because interest rate rising is the natural monetary policy way of bringing house prices down. Okay. What have these heroes done? Initiative number one announced the other day. 160,000 mortgage holders have seen their repayments increase because of high interest rates. So this should bring the demand pressure in the housing market down. The budget introduces a one-off tax relief measure to offset the pain of this and will apply to private residents with outstanding mortgages of between 80,000 and 500,000. Now, the people with an outstanding mortgage of, let's say, 350 grand, right? Mm. Bang in the middle. This is not the poor. These people, and I'm talking about lots and lots of middle class people, right? Have seen their wealth increase dramatically. They've also probably benefited from tracker mortgages, which were very, very low. Right. So what the government is, the first initiative, what they're doing is interest rates are rising. So they're going to offset the impact of interest rate rises in order to keep the housing market doing what? Going up, not going down. So now, because of this initiative, John, housing is a one-way bet. When interest rates fall, house prices go up. And when interest rates rise, they introduce a tax subsidy to make sure the house prices go up so, even more. So so how, how are they getting this wrong then? Because that seems pretty obvious to me. This, and if it's obvious to me, well, then it must be obvious to a lot of other people. <laughs> On the contrary. <laughs> so, so, John, this is something advocated by Sinn Féin. Right? Okay. It's all to do with Sinn Féin's pandering to the property-owning middle classes, Right. So Sinn Féin have figured out that if they're going to get elected, Mm. they can't just get people on the margin. They can't just get people who are Republican and nationalist and they can't just get the working class. They need to get the middle class. Mm. So Sinn Féin have come with this wheeze. It's complete bullshit. Sinn Féin is supposed to be a socialist party. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And here it is protecting the interests of the wealth of the middle classes. Right? Right. And because Sinn Féin came up with it and Sinn Féin's trying to encourage the middle class to vote for them, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have said, well, Jesus, we should rob the Shinners' clothes on this. So we neutralise the Shinners. So what they're doing is they're neutralising the Shinners. Now, this is not what the electorate want. What the electorate want is an ideological choice between the Sinn Féin left-wing choice and the Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, let's say centre-right choice. People are, are, are mature enough but this is just this. political engineering. So it's just political engineering. But what it does, John, is it actually chips away at the foundational objective of policy, which is to build more houses and to decrease the cost of housing by increasing the cost of borrowing. Of course, what the government has done is they've come up with a wheeze. It's just political bullshit, right? Mm. So the first initiative flies in the face of the objective of affordable housing. Yeah. And it's kind of pathetic. That's initiative number one. Okay. Initiative number two. Okay, that's a rental tax credit is to be increased from 500 quid to 750. So this is a tax... That's good. On on the face of it, that's really good. Yeah, but what this means is that rents are allowed to go up. So the only thing that'll keep rents down is if people's income is so stretched that rents can't go up, Mm. right? 
But what this does, a tax credit, is a subsidy to landlords. Because what it's in effect doing is to say, don't worry, you can keep the rent high because we'll give the people a subsidy, yeah. which they can claw back in tax. And of course, what it does is it means rents go even higher, right? right. So okay. by actually okay. trying to be on the side of everyone, you're on the side of no one. So what they actually should have done in that case leave, is... Put leave it well alone. Leave it alone. Or put or, a rent or, cap on it. Or maybe a rent cap, but just even just leave it alone and let things figure out. So what they've done is it's hardly a solution long term. Mm. To a problem. Well, no, but it, but it is a good short-term solution, though. No, because what it does is this is the paradox of aggregation, John. The fundamental, okay. So yes, yes, The yes. fundamental rule of macroeconomics, I believe the most important rule, is this thing called the paradox of aggregation, which is what is good for the individual is not always good for the community. And it underlines the dynamic nature of macroeconomics. And what it means is that if I get a rent subsidy and nobody else gets it, it's really good for me. Mm. But if I get a rent subsidy and everybody else gets it, all that's going to happen is rents are going to go up. Because yes. everyone's available yeah, yeah, the subsidy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And this is the type of, when I said, are we clear thinking or are we bullshit thinking? Yeah. Are we direct about what we're saying or are we masking everything? This, again, is a great example of woolly thinking. How would I always say shibboleths versus hard thinking? So shibboleths, it was a tribe in the time of Jesus, right? Mm. So the time of Jesus, there was the... the, the <laughs> but rough. <laughs> in the time of Jesus, John, right? There were many tribes. Now, Christians were only a small... Like, there was loads of things going on. There was loads of competing yeah. religions that were going on, right? Gangs. Like, the, the Christians were just one gang, yeah. group of lads. Yeah. Twelve lads and this fellow with a beard, right? Yeah. And, and they were good. They had a very good marketing department. Right. <laughs> they had a good branding department, a very good marketing department, right? So they were good. They were good salesmen, right? Yeah. But there were other gangs, and one gang was the Shibboleths. And the Shibboleths, their sort of secret was, are you part of our gang? It's like the people front of Judea, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'd say, I'd say, how do we know you're part of our gang, right? And it was all based on accents, right? So in Judea. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So in Judea in the old days, there'd have been Dublin accents, there'd have yeah. been Southside accents, there'd have been Northside accents, there'd have been country accents, right? Yeah. Okay, the shibboleths came from a certain area. So they pronounced things a little bit different to everybody else. Yeah. So what they had is they'd say, How do you know you're in our gang? And the shibboleths would say, and they'd say, say marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> marmalade. Right, exactly. And if there was a long A at the end of it, you were one of them, right? So, so therefore, you were part of the chosen few if you could repeat the slogan again and again and again and get the accent right. Right. So a shibboleth has emerged in economics, which is kind of like a mantra. You just repeat the mantra. And what I always say in economics is, let's see if it's a shibboleth or hard thinking. If it's just a mantra. And this is just a mantra. So we'll give these guys tax breaks. Nobody will realise that if everyone gets the tax break, it cancel everything out yeah. and we'll try and pretend hey, that we've done something. We'll try and pretend, hey. Hey, how are you? Hey. Exactly, right? So that's, that's... that's Or it'd be right. Yeah, like the Russell Carroll Kelly. Yeah, like with all the, the rugby jocks. <laughs> exactly. Right, colours up. Okay, initiative three, John. Yeah. And this is the greatest wheeze, right? I don't know if you've been following it, but there has been a huge amount of talk about the flight of landlords. Yes. Right? Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about Like the, the flight of the earls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The flight of the earls. 1603 <laughs> or 1607 or whatever it was. Lock Swilly, right? The flight of the land. I've actually kind of, you know, you know that New Zealand comedy duo, The Flight of the Concords? Yes, yeah. Right? They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 this, I have this sort of image of them in my head, right? <laughs> so there's this whole idea that, oh my God, 
landlords are disappearing and landlords are disappearing and they're selling the houses that they used to be renting and they're selling them to real people and those real people are taking them and that's affecting the rental market. Yeah, so right. there's fewer and fewer properties to but rent. we've no real evidence that there's a flight of the landlords. It's a, it's a mythical really? thing. Yeah, there's no real evidence. Right? Because so where does it come from then? Ah, it comes from trying to be all things to all men. So in the last three initiatives, initiative one was let's be nice to homeowners. Mm. Initiative two is let's be nice to renters. Initiative three is let's be nice to landlords. Like think about what's going on, right? Yeah. So the flight of the landlords, the flight of the concords, right? They, they decided we're going to give a tax break of 600 to a grand every year to landlords. And this will rise in increments every year if they stay in the market till 2027. Okay? Right, okay. But there's about 160,000 landlords in the country. It doesn't matter to the overall property market whether or not the houses are rented or bought by people because the overall property market is constrained by a lack of housing. Mm. So if you buy the house from the landlord that is rented, you're now off the rental market. Yes. Think, right? yeah. so, see, you're not a problem anymore for rental. So what they're doing is they're trying to pretend that if a landlord disappears, that the house disappears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is amazing thinking, right? This is, you know, the emperor and no clothes. Yeah. Right? yeah. The house yeah. doesn't disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just is sold to somebody. That person may be a landlord or that person may be an owner-occupier. If they're an owner-occupier, it means they're off the rental market. Yeah, yeah. Happy <laughs> but, days. So the flight of the landlords, they've got this image of rather overweight people <laughs> flapping around the place. And of course, in the overall scheme of the world, the landlord is hardly the sort of person that is the main victim of the shortage of houses. The landlord is the main profiteer and profiter of the shortage of houses. I'm not mm. saying they're profiteering. They're, 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 don't care if that's what you do for a living, that's fine, right? Yeah. But the point is, they're the fellas who have seen their wealth increase dramatically as house prices go up, number one, and seen their income increase dramatically as rents go up. They don't need a tax break. Yeah. <laughs> at all. And here we are, little tax break for them, right? Back to our idea of woolly thinking, the shibboleths. Yeah. Is this contributing to building more houses or not? Not one house will be built by a tax credit to fleeing landlords, okay? So, do you see what I'm saying? Okay, Mac, I need to digest this <laughs> before we get to the last two. So let's take a quick break. Okay. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, Mark, so we've got three initiatives so far. Keeping renters happy, keeping landlords happy, and keeping, keeping home, home, homeowners this, happy. This is the late, late approach. The late, late show One approach. For to, everyone in the, the audience. audience. This is the late, late approach to economics, right? Patrick okay. Guilty, if you are listening, Patrick, right, you should open the late, late with the budget late, late and say, okay, we have a cuddly toy, we have a two-week holiday in Tenerife, and we have, don't mention it, <laughs> a Renault car. One for everyone in the audience. So let's go. It's the late date approach to the budget. <laughs> okay. Initiative number four, Mac. Okay. Initiative number four is now, this is a basically good idea. A vacant homes tax introduced in 2022, which is very important, has been increased from three to five times the property's existing base of the local property tax liability. Now, I'll explain, explain that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a step in the right direction. We know vacancy is. A massive blight. I, I've always said, you know, vacancy is vandalism. Yeah. Because vacancy leads to dereliction and dereliction leads to a blight. And you have that sort of what they call the broken windows theory in American urban development, which is that if you let the window be broken, if one window is allowed to be broken and left unfixed, the next window is broken, the next one. And so basically yeah. what dereliction yeah. does is it destroys urban streetscapes. And we know in Ireland that we have countless derelict buildings, right? And of course, all derelict buildings start with being vacant. Yes. Right? That's yeah, the key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay? So if a building is lived in, it cannot by definition be derelict. So there's a dereliction and vacancies are conjoined at the hip. So this is a good idea. However, the problem is local property tax, Ireland is amazing because our property tax is so low, is based on self-assessment. So you assess yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, say, so, oh, the property's worth 10 grand. Yeah. Okay. So you do a Donald Trump on it. <laughs> what did Trump do on it? You know, he's inflating his business and his oh, assets. Oh, yeah. Well, you just do the opposite. Yeah. Say it's exactly. not worth 100 grand for exactly. 10 grand, right? And of course, the problem is the basic rates are trivially small. So it's less than 500 quid on all properties worth under 525 grand. Mm. It's not big enough to move, as the Americans say, to move the needle. <laughs> yeah. Where does that yeah. come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's an audio expression. <laughs> it must be. Yeah. Is it? For the, the VU needle. Ah, of course. I'm such, yeah. a, I'm such an idiot. Mac, come on now. I know. <laughs> get, get your head out of them books. <laughs> By the way, that's what John does says to me a lot. Get your head out of them books and go for a pint. Okay. Okay. So again, what we're looking at is a vacancy tax, which isn't half big enough to encourage people to bring those vacant properties into use. So again, what we have is a missed opportunity. Now, why? Because they're thinking, 
oh well, people who own vacant properties, they are voters too. So let's not upset them too much, yeah. right? I mean, in fairness, though, there are some reasons, especially in this area as well. There's a huge, num- yeah, yeah, there's a huge number of of derelict properties. Some of them have been derelict for years. Now, I know that I looked into a few of them going, why is that derelict? Some of them are stuck in probate and stuck in this, that and all the rest. And we spoke about Roundstone as well before. You know, there's a bunch of properties. Only John can reference South Dublin and Roundstone as his two ideal places in Dublin. Oh God, I just realised how bad that sounds. (laughs) Exactly. Russell Carroll Kelly over here. (laughs) Right, I'm part of that gang. Exactly. You know, look, just roundstone is just extraordinary. You know, I mean, anyway. Okay. But you know what I mean. There, I do there, know what there, you mean. There's, there's, there are reasons yeah. for some property to be derelict or to be vacant. Yeah. But you're right; it does need to be accelerated. Of in getting them back on. And do you online. know what? Do you know what would accelerate probate straight away? Is a massive big tax. So if if it's yeah. a family having a scrap over Granny's gaff, yeah. which is Typically, you're talking about, right? Yeah. Families falling out over money. What would focus the mind of people who are so obsessed by money is if you lads don't sort this out, we're going to slap a 20 grand tax on you. Yeah. Yeah. In a heartbeat, those probate cases would be all solved. Yeah. Right? Because we know by definition, these are only interested in money because that's what they're fighting over. Yeah. Again, hard thinking. What's the problem here? Who are we dealing with? Yeah, yeah. Hit them where it most impacts. Yeah, yeah. it needs, it needs, you're right. It needs a tough approach. Yeah, initiative five, John. Right, go on. The help to buy scheme has been extended to the end of 2025. Now, I don't know if you remember the help to buy scheme, John, right? I do. The help to buy scheme, we go back to our paradox of aggregation, Mm. right? The help to buy scheme is essentially a government grant to allow people to achieve the amount of money for the deposit to get on the housing ladder introduced years ago, it's already, not not that long ago, introduced in 2021, right? Mm. It's already 43%, it's costing 43% more than they thought it was going to be. So lots of people are obviously applying for it. Yeah. But let's come back to the paradox of aggregation. If I get a help to buy scheme, Dave McWilliams, and nobody else gets it, then I actually get a leg up. Yeah. But if everybody gets the help to buy scheme, all it does is it pushes up the house price, yeah, new house yeah, prices. Yeah. That therefore pushes up the entire deposit on aggregate that is necessary to get them. Yeah. So nobody benefits. The best way to look at this, right, is imagine... Apart from the sellers. Apart from the sellers. Yeah. Exactly. Or the builders or whoever's building it. So imagine the best way to look at the paradox of aggregation is the idea we've said it before. You're at a football match. Yeah. The fellow in front of you stands up to get a better view. Then you have to stand up. And the person behind you has to stand up. And suddenly the entire Aviva is standing when we paid to sit. Yeah. Right? So that's it's exactly... It's the dominoes in reverse. It's the dominoes in reverse, exactly. Yeah. So it means that what is good for the individual, the fellow who stands up first, is not always good for the community because we all end up standing. Yeah. And with the same view. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. This is exactly the same thing. So the fellow who gets the one grant, it's great. Everyone gets the grant. We all end up paying more. And we're left with the same situation of not enough houses being built. But you know what? The price is higher. Yeah. So everybody yeah. gets yeah. into more debt. Now, who makes money? It's banks, because they they sell debt. They sell credit. Mm. Banks and sellers. So there you have, John, five key initiatives of housing in a budget that you said at the top was meant to be the housing budget. Yeah. And what we see is that every single initiative cancels out the other one. 
right? And every single initiative does nothing to advance the idea that houses need to be built. Not one house will be built as a result of all these five things. They spent months agonising over this. Should yeah. you just listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, this isn't high-level economics. This is leaving cert economics. Yeah. You know, actually, they should put this on the leaving cert. Analyse the budget through the mechanism and the frameworking of the shibboleths and the fellows with the funny accents back in biblical times. We'll talk to you Thursday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.